Hello and welcome to Roscast, a personal podcast for Ros Richards created by Duncan and Melissa Gear. Today we've got a reading from Melissa, all about the village of Stenning in West Sussex. Over to you, Melissa. This is a reading from Sussex Pilgrimages by R. Thurston Hopkins, written in 1927 and found in Grandma's house. Stenning is as old as the hills, you might say, and without fear of being accused of making an empty and bungling statement, for the downs roll up from this small town with magnificent views from the round hill to Chanctonbury Ring, capped with a noble clump of trees. Behind and around, on every side, are the hills, downs with patches of purple heather or golden gorse clothing their sides, downs with shadowy shores within their combs, downs cut up into huge chessboard patterns by plough and harrow, downs with great spaces of waving corn or partly cut, or stacked in sheaves and stacks, down where the steep, white, winding tracks used by the flint men run like threads of silver, till they merge into the sea mists of early spring, or the smoke of burning stubble heaps in mellow autumn tide. Stenning has not suffered from the overwhelming tide of jerry-built houses and factories like Brighton and Portslade. So far as I understand, Rather than having increased its trade, Stenning has lost it. Some of the old workshops are empty now, and where an arm of the sea once washed up to its busy wharves, we now stand on dry land and think only of the salt tide sweeping under the quaint wooden bridge at Old Shoreham. Strange and almost forgotten trades are carried on in some of our downland towns, and Stenning can boast of a remarkable industry, which has flourished in the heart of the town for centuries, perhaps from Norman times. At the back of the Star Inn will be found a collection of red-tiled timber buildings of a fascinating quaintness. This group of sheds and barns, partly antiquated, but repaired and altered in the tastes of various ages and owners, is locally known as the Fellmonger's Yard. A fell is an animal's hide with the hair on it, and here for some hundreds of years the fells of Sussex sheep have been washed, dressed and tanned and sent all over the world. During the Great War, this factory sent thousands of sheepskins out to our troops in the trenches, and many Sussex men will remember gratefully the warmth, comfort and soft crispness of the good Southdown jerkins. The guidebook writers will only allow two things that are worthy of note in Stenning, the Brotherhood in Church Street and the Norman Church. Or at any rate, the original guidebook writer noted these sites originally, and the copyists, pretending to be original observers, have gone on their repetitious way, never taking the trouble to explore all the curious courts that are cloistered away from the main street. As a matter of fact, The fronts of the houses in the high street mostly hide the beauty of the buildings behind them, and it's only by passing through catacomb passages thrust secretly in between the houses that it's possible to view the finest half-timbered gables and stone slab roofs. (coughs) 
The guidebook points out the White Horse Inn as an ancient hostelry, but omits to tell you that the real old White Horse Inn is now the building that serves a Stenning post office. The drossing block, vaulted passage and courtyard all help in this identification of the original position of the White Horse. Curious is the back entrance to the Chequers Inn. You go in by a large arch cut through the part of a house. Here is a cobbled yard which leads into Charlton Street, where children play, unhampered by traffic problems. The back of the Chequers Inn is intensively old world, and here is to be seen a queer little balcony window which instantly reminds one of a Romeo and Juliet scene on the stage. A charming sample of an English watermill is the one which stands a few yards back from the footpath in Mill Lane. A quaint little bridge admits you to view the mill wheel, admits you to an almost archaic seclusion which you might not have thought possible after having dodged the motors as they dash round the corner of the George Inn, which is only a stone's throw away. The mill is still at work, but they do not here attempt milling on any large scale. The miller confines himself to grinding coarse grains or clover for cattle fodder, as his equipment does not allow him to produce the fine white flour which is universally demanded nowadays. I am well contented that the worthy miller does not crave to turn the place into a modern flour mill, for that would mean modern machinery, and the old place would be torn down to make way for motors and a turbine. We should then see the last of the wheel, and when that goes, the mellow and friendly ancientry of the place goes with it. Near the Three Tons Inn, a narrow street called Jarvis Lane leads to the very picturesque old house called Jarvis. In the wall, facing the street, a piece of dog's tooth moulding has been inserted. From Jarvis Lane, a twitten called School Lane leads out to the Norfolk Arms in Church Street. The field running along the right of this twitten is still called the Cursed Field. There is a tradition that as often as this field is mown, Rain follows immediately after. This legendary tale is associated with St. Cuthman, who founded Stenning Church and was something of a magician. He was a humble West Sussex shepherd by birth, but there was always something strange and unusual about him. He miraculously guarded his father's sheep by making a circle round them, which nothing could break through. His mother had long been paralysed and confined to a couch on wheels, upon which... On his father's death, he wheeled her, eastwards. The cord by which he drew the couch broke, and he replaced it by cords of wild clematis, called by Sussex boys, poor man's pipe and old man's beard. Haymakers, who watched him from their fields by the wayside, mocked him and were ever after punished by storms which spoiled their hay. The couch finally broke down at Stenning, where Cuthman erected a hut for himself and his mother. He also built a timber church, working at it with his own hands, but wearing gloves whilst he worked, and hanging them up outside the church while he was at prayers. In this church he was buried, and the pilgrimage to Cuthman's grave caused a town to spring up around it. At a short distance from Stenning, there's a track leading up to the crest of the Downs, and it's picked up by the road at the White Horse Hotel. 
it's a delightful walk from Stenning to Chanctonbury Ring, about three and a half miles following the hilltops, and here the worrying, reckless motors cannot hustle the pedestrian. At last I ascend the steep slope and stand on the crest of the hill. Exhilarated by my climb, I turn to view the scene. Upon every side stretch our blunt, bow-headed, whale-backed downs, and before me leagues of gleaming sea reaching as far as my eyes can see. Here and there at Patching and Clapham nestle peaceful homesteads. It's a typical Sussex scene. I cannot convey the sweetness and softness of this landscape, the impressiveness of it, the magic of it. I feel that for many months I have been in a dungeon and that I have suddenly been given my liberty. I have been bound down, but now I suddenly sweep onward with an extravagant feeling of light-heartedness and freedom. The mellow sound of a sheep bell comes to me from a distance, the creak of a heavy wagon, the tang of burning wood, that bittersweet smell of ripe and mellow antiquity. So I stand and look up and down with a strange feeling of mingled pride and happiness. My dominant feeling, if it is possible to describe such a strange vapour of the soul, is of a new companionship, a glow of the heart, as though the downs and hanging woods of the hills have suddenly embraced and succoured me, as though the creative force thrown off by the trees, the birds and the animals has entered me, as though the rich soil has accepted me in comradeship. Wow, thank you, Melissa. What a lovely reading. It was very poetic, and uh, and you read it beautifully. The, the cadence of your voice was very, very lulling, like the downs themselves. It was it was really lovely. Well done. It was really interesting to hear someone relatively long ago reminiscing about how things um, how things were in the past. I, I mean. You know, there's the classic joke that nostalgia clearly isn't what it used to be. But uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it very much. It, it sounds like many of the things that they uh, that they were talking about aren't there anymore. I don't think so. I was doing a little bit of Google Maps investigation while I was while I was listening. But one thing that was there um, that, that has you know remained over a long period of time are the inns. I was able to find all of the inns that they mentioned on the map. And this um, reminded me of a, a talk that I watched a little while ago from the Long Now Foundation, which is uh, an organization that promotes long-term thinking. And the talk was about the oldest companies in the world and looking at what, what kind of companies they were. And uh, it turned out that the vast majority of these you know, com- companies that have been around for centuries, if not millennia in some cases, were all... Um, Places like inns and breweries and pubs and hotels, basically places for for travellers and for entertainment. And so perhaps that's why the inns of Stenning persist. And maybe in 500 years they'll they'll still be there in some form or another. I've also been thinking about Stenning a little bit lately because um, here in Helsingborg, I've noticed that there are a lot of wood pigeons, and they're they're very sort of like distinctive coo. <laughs> always reminds me of, of saffrons. I, there were a lot 
there were always a lot in, around, in and around Saffron's and I, I would hear them at, at, you know, when, I was, when I was staying there. And in fact, the, village, the, the way that the village was described in the reading also really brought me back to the, the stenning of my childhood. Um, I have a lot of very fond memories of the Downs and you know, doing the horseshoes and, um, and things like that. Well, actually, I think I largely remember the horseshoes as being hot and exhausting and most likely wishing I, was be, I would be back at Saffron's reading a book. But I think that says more about me than about, about standing in the Downs. Um, one thing I found particularly fascinating was the bit about fellmongering. I had no idea that sheepskin making was a, a stunning staple and how big an influence it had in the Great War. That's a really, a really interesting nugget of information. Honestly, that probably could have been an article in its, in its own right. I don't really know how often I'll get to go back to Stenning in the coming years. And when I did last go there, um, three or four years ago now, I think it was, it, it felt kind of surprisingly and even perhaps a little distressingly modern. Kind of like a, a Brighton or Shoreham commuter town, which I, I suppose is what it is largely these days. But um, yeah, according to Google Maps, at least, Saffron's and the Plough, Street View, they're still there and uh, they seem largely unchanged. Saffron's has had a lick of paint. That seems to be, that seems to be all. So uh, yeah, I hope that, that that remains the case in the coming years and that uh, one day we'll be able to go back and visit and, uh, and see it again.